1: Corinne already basically did an intro because we were recording an ad for a different episode. And Corinne just goes, Greetings. And I was like, to who? (laughs) To what? You already stopped recording. Like, what are you
2: talking who? (laughs) Where? Where are we? Clearly, I don't know, but we are now here
1: at Two Girls One Ghost. Two girls, one ghost. We are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. I'm Sabrina. I just got so excited because Corinne has been living her best life up in Florida. I guess down in Florida. And I need to hear all about – all of a sudden, you didn't even tell me. All of a sudden, I see where you are from our own Instagram account. (laughs) Well, because
2: I – honestly, I had plenty of time to tell you. I don't know why I didn't. But the day before, my parents were like, oh, let's go and explore St. Petersburg and we'll explore St. Pete Beach because we're staying over by Clearwater. And I was like, okay, like, let me look if there are some things to do. So I was just like looking on the map and I was like, wait a second, (laughs) wait a second. I recognize this building. Holy shit. I did not even make the connection that the Don Cesar Hotel that we covered for your – it was basically like our celebration of your wedding episode because we themed it yeah, it was love, romance. Yes. But then so the night before, we're we're mapping out where we're going to go. So I was like, all right, well, clearly we obviously have to go here. I was hyping everybody up. I made everyone listen to the podcast episode, so I made everyone listen to me.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And then
2: we go, and we explored for, like, probably 90 minutes. That place is freaking beautiful. It is
1: huge. I truly screenshotted that photo of, like, the pink wall with the open window, and I want to frame it. It's
2: so pretty. Looking over at the beach. Oh, my gosh. so that was at the top of a tower. So we walked, I don't know, like, six or seven flights up this little tower to get that view. It's Yeah, it's so serene. It's so picturesque. It's so so wonderful. They have like this candy shop. So we went, we explored a bunch and then we went down to one of their little candy coffee ice cream shops and got some pastries and whatnot. And so then, of course, I am like, all right, people, you guys enjoy your pastries and your coffee. I'm going (laughs) to wander and I'm going to corner a couple people here that work of here so the first person that I cornered was working at the candy shop <laughs> and I was like hello have you seen any ghosts I said it I said it cooler than that I mean that pretty he- cool to me <laughs> <laughs> But he was like, he was nervous. He was like, "No, not yet. I mean, I hear it's haunted, but I hope I don't see anything like, you, I, I definitely it was something he'd been thinking about, and I think me asking about it got him nervous, like
1: finally <laughs> so, made him like admit his fears out loud,
2: yes, yeah. And so then, when I had been down there, there was this other man who I think must have been like the on-site manager of the time, and he'd walked by and like said a hello." But but disappeared down a hallway. But then I found him again upstairs. So I cornered him. <laughs> and his name is Parker. And I like walked up to him like I was on a mission. And I was like, hi, weird question, strange question. I heard this place is haunted. Can you tell me more about it? Because I didn't want to outright be like, I did a whole episode on my podcast about yeah. this place. And you need to tell me about this ghost and this ghost. No, I was just like, is it haunted? And he was like, well, the story is that this place does have. Some spirits, so it goes. And he was like being very kind of like wishy washy with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, do you have stories that you could share with me? And he said, well, do you believe in the paranormal? And I was like, yes. And he was like, do you want this place to be haunted? And I was like, yes. And then he said, okay. He was like, I ask because people have asked me this question before and I've shared stories and oh. people have like been like, never mind. I don't want to stay here and check out. <gasps> That's
1: so, so like, I funny. Wanted-
2: yeah. He was like, I just wanted to make sure you actually wanted to hear the story. you know what truly- you're getting yourself into. Exactly. That is so, so funny. So he told me a few. He said there's plenty of like bumps in the night. The elevator opens and no one's there. But he said specifically that – one woman when he was working there, it was her first day on the job and she was in the kitchen area and she was completely alone. And these pots and pans started banging behind her, like literally right behind her head, really loud. And she was so spooked that she left. This was her first day. She left in the middle of her shift and never came back. Like, oh, which She was no. like, I quit. I'm never returning. Oh, no. It really scared her yeah and then so when we had been covering the podcast i believe i'd said that thomas was seen the original owner of the the hotel who created don cesar for his his long lost love his lover his lover I had said that he spent a lot of time on the fifth floor or is often seen there because that's like where he lived when he lived on site. Mm -hmm. But I think I was wrong because Parker said that room 101 is the most haunted because Thomas used to live there when he was on site and that people do come and specifically ask to stay in that room and that there have been paranormal investigators and shows to come and with all their equipment to try to find stuff.
1: That room specifically. So interesting
2: yes and what have they found yeah i don't know i don't know parker didn't give me more details than that i'm sorry oh my gosh but neil patrick harris was
1: there i didn't see him <laughs>
2: but he was there at the same time one so of our listeners was tagged cool. us in
1: that yeah how fun yes you i would have I with ghosts and neil patrick harris
2: i know i'm so excited i took so many videos it's so and photos, pretty so i'll post more on tiktok beautiful i'm on the tiktok on the tiktok yes wow
1: oh so and also
2: while being in florida here's the other thing that i got so we're staying in this basically like a condo rental Mm -hmm. and so there's other people that stay here for like a week or two weeks or even a month at a time and we've made friends with these other people that are staying here at the same time as us bonnie and ed and they own a campsite in wisconsin and they were like oh, we are, our campground is like haunted. And people have had a lot of stories. Okay, but how
1: did this come up? Did you corner them as well? Or did or did they just give you this information?
2: Uh, no, my parents, Deb and Bill, they're good PR people. They immediately, Love before it. I even met these people, they're like, our daughter does a ghost podcast. And they set them up so, or helped them get set up on green room so that they could listen when we did it last oh, night. That so they is were so tuned in cute. listening.
1: <laughs> the whole condo was listening. <laughs> wow. I love that.
2: <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I told Bonnie and she was like, okay, that she needs to send us an email every quarter with updates as to what's happening on the campground. Yeah. And stories she gets from campers. And she said she's gonna buy one of our two girls, one ghost hats, and wear it on the opening day when people come in like every Friday <gasps> or whatever for weekend camp. Oh my God. To get to get people in the mood and and to start talking about ghost stories.
1: Whoa. I
2: love her. I know. She kept saying, You guys are my people. You're my people. And we're like, Aww. well, you're our people.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's ours. Wait, I that is so one, so kind of her to promote our podcast on opening day and two i can't even i i now it it makes me realize that like whenever i go camping if anything happens like there's someone i should report it to to tell them so they can tell stories to someone else you know right yeah not that i would put myself in that position but you know
2: well yeah i guess it's kind of like with every ghost story it's kind of hit or miss right like you think like oh i should tell this person or i should tell that person but sometimes people just are not receptive to it Like it's the last thing they want to hear but yeah. I think I think may as well shoot your shot, you know. Yeah. Wow.
1: Oh my gosh. So anyway, camping. Something yes. there's like camping stories are always the scariest ones to me. I there's something about feeling me so too. unsafe and there's nowhere to run because like you you're already just it.
2: so yeah your guard is already Exposed down like to I the just elements. You- you're truly exposed like there's no like i don't know being in a hotel or or any other there you're just it feels like there's nowhere you can go when you're camping that's safer you know Mm -hmm. there could be something else around the corner down the lake you know somewhere so i agree with you i think camping is super scary very very scary this is my favorite topic ever. I know. I was thinking about that. I was like, I bet Sabrina's not going to be
1: able to yeah. handle herself all day because she'll be too excited to record this episode. It's not only my favorite one to research, but it's my favorite one to tell. Well, okay. It's like a double-edged sword because telling it, it's like, why am I telling people these things? Oh, I guess we should say. We're doing paranormal games. But it's one of those double-edged swords because I'm like, why are we telling people these games? But then also saying like, don't ever play them because I, I know... How people and psychology works is like when you're told not to do something, people become even more tempted to do it, but they're just so fascinating. So maybe we just tell people, do what you want.
2: It's completely up to you. We're not saying do it or don't do it. We're just saying the game is there. This is
1: how you would play it and do what you, what feels best for you. But we are not liable for anything that happens to you if you play. So if you're playing, you're playing at your own risk. Right, because we're sure as hell not playing. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No personal experience
2: here. This is just <laughs> straight from the
1: internet. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like there's enough experience from people on the internet to to give me the fix that I needed to know what happens during these games. That I don't need to experience it. I feel like I've visualized right. it through everyone else's stories. I agree. Well, I have a game for you, Sabrina. Okay. And this game is called The
2: Hooded Man. Interesting. So it's pretty similar. I feel like when I was researching the games, I feel like there's a lot of crossover in a lot of them. Yeah. And this one I found was the closest to the elevator game and also had a lot of elements of the 11-mile game, which you had covered, I think, maybe the last time we did paranormal games. But like so many other games, it also has a list of intricate steps that you need to memorize prior to playing. And if you don't, a misstep or forgotten rule – Will it cost you? It's like both
1: bad and good that there's so many steps because it's like... I know. If you're reading it, then you're like, oh, this is too much work. I'm not going to do it. But then also it's scary and dangerous because if you do play it and you mess up, then who knows what's going to happen.
2: Exactly. Like there's so many rules. So hopefully people are deterred from that. But then it also gives people who do play kind of less of a chance to be successful at it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if you choose to play the hooded man... Game or or completeless ritual. There are some required items, including cleansing items, two black cords around a half meter in length each. How long? A telephone. What's a half meter? One and a half feet. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yes, a telephone, preferably a a rotary phone or a cordless one, or over a cordless one. Yes. Yeah, it's got to be old school. And you'll see why in a minute because it's part of like how you answer the phone and talk through the phone that makes the rotary phone so much more appropriate for this. Gotcha. Okay. So then you also need either a lighter or matches. You'll need salt. You'll need a watch and not like an electronic, like an old analog watch. So Mm -hmm. no Apple watches here. A calm and collected attitude and some strong memorization skills. Oh, gosh. I'm already out.
1: I was yeah, out I know. Before we even started, but.
2: <laughs> okay, so you must play alone and you must play at night. And the very first thing you need to do is perform a cleansing ritual. Which I'm like, okay, well, if the very first step of playing a game is to protect yourself, then why are you playing the game? Like It, it okay. seems like you shouldn't be playing this game.
1: Yes, but I do kind of appreciate that because, like, I feel like that is where things get dangerous with playing the Ouija board or other games is if you don't set your intentions or cleanse the space or go in with the right intentions – then mm-hmm. you are opening it up to negativity. So I appreciate that whoever created this game took the time to be like set yourself up for a little bit more success.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And there is throughout this, there's a lot of like checking in with yourself and making sure you're in the right mindset to to be moving forward with okay, this. Good. So okay, so y- you have to you have to cleanse yourself. So whatever that means for you, your culture, your practice, whether that's sage, crystals, you know, spreading salt on your front door, whatever works. Whatever works, you just need to do it. And then next, you need to check in with yourself. Are you feeling nervous? Are you afraid? If yes, then you're not supposed to play. It says do not proceed. So this must be done by a calm, cool, collected individual. So either someone who is maybe doesn't believe that the game is even going to to anything, like someone who's so unaware of potential danger that they just find it easy to be in this neutral state of being or someone who is like so incredibly brave that they just don't have a reaction because I don't understand how people can not be nervous once they up for this. (laughs) But you're not supposed to be. So if you've cleansed yourself and you've decided you're in the right mindset to move forward, you will need to move about your space and lock or close all of your doors and windows and close all of your blinds and curtains. So you're supposed to darken the room. And it's already night, so this is extra dark now. Hmm. Next, you'll move about your space and turn off all the lights and electronics. So nothing plugged in. Just you and your dark and unplugged space. Great. Which, you know, may be scary enough for many of us already. Yeah, I'm already
1: scared so now, in the dark <laughs> I with know, my electronics plugged in. <laughs>
2: Now you need to grab your materials. So you will need to place two black cords, the matches or the lighter, and the phone next to one another. Then either, if you don't have your watch on already, put your watch on and remove any protection items from your body. So if you are wearing a cross necklace, if you have some crystals stashed in your pocket, et cetera, remove them. You have to go red flag. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want you protected, apparently, which is maybe why you have to do the ritual up front. Hmm. But anyway, so you remove all of your protections from your person, and now you are ready to call your paranormal cab. You will sit a cab? in front of your telephone a cab. <gasps> You're getting calling in a, a taxi, car? baby. Yes. Beep, beep. Oh, no. The whole time I was picturing the skeleton driver from Halloween Town.
1: Yeah. Oh, It's I can, that, I but see it's that now.
2: much scarier. Okay. Okay. So you will sit in front of your telephone and then you will count one, two, three, four, and you'll count up to 13. Then you will take your telephone, leave it on the hook, but dial 204 968 Remember, you have to memorize all these things. I guess you could write it on a piece of paper to, to follow. Yeah. But dial 204 968 then you'll grab one of your black cords and you'll tie it to the telephone handset. And this is why having a rotary phone is is better because it won't slip as much. And this rope is basically your attachment to your current dimension, to your current world, to, oh. to where you are now. So you're not trying to really touch the telephone after you dial this number and set up your black cord. So then once the cord is secured around the telephone – you will need to lift the phone, not with your hand, but with the black cord, just by the string. And again, dial the same exact phone number, 204-968-88. Then count again. One, two, three, up to 13. Then you place the handset back down on the cord, but you don't hang up. If you're using the rotary phone, you just hang it askew so that it's still on the line. And then you move closer to the receiver and you say, Hello, I need a cab. Aha! Isn't it scary? It is. So now, if you haven't panicked (laughs) (laughs) enough already, if you're still calm, cool, and collected, you will have to take the black cord away from the phone. So you have to now unwrap it around the phone after you ask for a cab, untie it, replace it with a second black cord. And then, if possible, you're supposed to burn the first black cord as soon as you finish securing the second one. What? But if you can't do it, then then at the very least, you'll burn it once the ritual is complete. Sort of like closing out a Ouija board. So oh, if so you're can not we just, like, already call confused it what it is, by-
1: it's not really a ritual. It's like it's a game. It's a game. It's like a,
2: just a series of patterns and steps. Yeah. Yes, it's not really a ritual. So now, step number. 47 at this point, (laughs) is to open your curtains or blinds and you look out the window into the darkness and you should see a black taxi cab parked outside waiting for you. No one will be in the front seat. It will not have a driver. But you must go in. You leave your home. You lock your home's door behind you. You open the back door of the cab, slipping into the back seat, and then you lock the cab door next to you. Nope. Close your eyes and let yourself drift off to sleep. What? It said – yes. It said that it should only take a minute to fall asleep. So I think you're kind of pulled into slumber. Okay, okay. I was
1: going to say, how the heck is anyone supposed to let themselves fall asleep in this situation? But if it's like a manipulated feeling, then okay.
2: I think it is. And you're just supposed to let it take you. Go along with it. Succumb to the feeling. So then you will wake up at some point. You got in the cab, you're asleep, and now you wake up. Time to use that good old non-electronic analog watch. Check the time. It should read 3.30 a.m. If it doesn't, then you need to exit the cab as soon as it stops. You need to go home and somehow you're supposed to get home in under two minutes and then close out the ritual Which I'll tell you how to do in a minute. Okay. But let's assume that your watch says the time it's supposed to be, which is 3.30 a.m. You've done all the steps correctly and you are close to transporting into another world because this is a taxi cab to another dimension. So you close your eyes again. You go back to sleep. And when you wake up, someone else will be in the cab with you. A driver, a hooded man will Mm. be in that driver's seat. And you'll find yourself on a highway. And this hooded man is thought to be an interdimensional agent who transfers people or beings from one world to another.
1: Okay, that and sounds like a fun job. Doesn't it? That I think part so of this too. game I can get behind. Right. And I
2: don't know what's wrong with I mean, frankly, I'll tell you the, the whole rest of it. But I don't think this guy's t- all that bad. I don't think he's all that scary. But people said that so essentially in the game, you're not supposed to speak with him, you're not supposed to Look at him. You're not supposed to like touch him or anything. But when people observe him from the back seat, they say that his hands that are peeking out from the sweatshirt are skeletons, and that (laughs) it's yellowed. So the bones are really yellowed from like a lot of time passing. So when you wake up and you're seeing this guy, and you're no longer alone, and you're driving down this highway, you're supposed to stay calm. (laughs) You're supposed to stay awake. You don't talk to him. You don't make eye contact with him. You don't talk or interact with anyone else who the cab picks up along the way. More people? Because you're not the only person. No. If you sit in there long enough, there
1: will likely be other stops. But it's interesting because other people who are playing the game get into an empty car. So then when they – is it just like a trick of the mind and that when they fall asleep, they wake up and all the other people are visible then? I don't know. Maybe in
2: another world it says get into the car. There will be one other person in oh, the car. In yeah. the backseat, you know? Like maybe that's just our world. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. But you're not supposed to stay too long. You're not – supposed to get out of the cab and you're not supposed to break any of these rules because if you stay longer, if you choose to exit the cab, if you talk to anyone, it's said that you may not make it back to the same world in which you began. So there are some serious repercussions. Yes. And I was also reading a few people's experiences online and one of them said that when they looked out – like the highway looks like a highway. But then when you look out onto the landscape, one person said it looked like apocalyptic. Like it was these buildings that were – were like crumbling and, and there was fire and it like truly looked like an apocalypse. And then yeah. someone else said that their experience was like something that they could hardly describe. They're like, I basically would have to draw it. They said it's so it was so alien-like. It was very beautiful, but it was like an alien landscape. It wasn't something that they'd ever seen on Earth.
1: What if so it they were is having an trouble. alien landscape?
2: What if? I mean, it probably is because that's what this is supposed to be, right? Like it's traveling to other worlds, into other timelines and dimensions, and picking up so
1: beings along the way. I'm okay. I'm sure there's like negative experiences, but I'm kind of. I hate that you have to do all the steps to get to this. This sounds so fascinating. It's the bus from Halloween Town. Yeah, we started
2: with the taxi, and now we're on the bus. Wow. Halloween Town ahead of
1: its time. Or maybe the creator of Halloween Town played this game. <gasps> oh my gosh. Sabrina, maybe. Maybe they came I mean, from the one of the other dimensions and, and decided they got trapped to here. tell their story because they got trapped here.
2: They got trapped here and they said, you know what? There's no other choice for me to survive here than to make it big in Hollywood, baby. I'm
1: moving to LA. All right. I'm following my dream. Here's my plan. I'm going to find the email address for the creator of Halloween Town and email them and say, (laughs) I know your secret, dot, dot, dot. That's my subject line. And then I'll go into, I know that you played the hooded figure. You should just CC Matt Groening from The Simpsons
2: and Futurama on that email too. Yeah. Matt, we know your secret. (laughs) Okay, so you're in the car. You can choose how long you want to stay, but just know that more time the more time that passes, the harder it will be to get back, so they say. So once you feel that you've had enough, or if you start to feel scared and unsafe, you're supposed to lean in closely to your driver's ear, this hooded man, and slowly say, I have reached my destination. And you'll then be forced into a sleep state. And when you wake up, You'll be back in your home, in the room that you started the game in. You sit once more in front of the telephone. You dial a different number this time. So this is why it's tricky for memorization. You dial
1: 200082. Well, that one's easier to remember than the first one. Yes, it is.
2: Then you use the remaining black cord that you had tied to the phone before you left to lift the phone to your face and say, Thank you for the ride into the receiver. If you fail to thank your driver, your interdimensional being driver, he will come back for you. (laughs) So you need to untie the cord, burn it, and burn the first one too if you haven't already burned that one. Then you bury the ashes of these burned cords, these tethers that kept you here in this dimension. You sprinkle salt all over the dirt or the sand that you've pushed on top of the buried ashes. And just as you started, you have to cleanse once more. Cleanse your space. Cleanse yourself. Oh, my goodness. So it's important to note that at any point during this game, you may close out the game, sort of like a Ouija board. Mm -hmm. So starting with picking up the phone and dialing the final number, if you've already gotten into the cab and you decide it's unsafe, you can say, I've reached my destination and go from there. But before that, before you're in the cab, you can close out the game by doing exactly what I said you do. From the time of calling that final number, burning the cords, and burying those cords. Wow. There's also another version of this game where multiple people can play together. And what's really strange with this one is that one person must complete all parts of the ritual. Just one person. And then the cab will come, but somehow other people, the other friends that were in the room watching the one person complete all of the like steps of the game... Also, have access to this cab and everyone can get in it together and experience it together. Okay, see, I'd much rather that version. But yeah, yes. I feel like it's such a catch 20, not really a catch 22, because I would so rather that version too. But at the same time, I feel like you have to have full and whole trust in someone Mm -hmm. and their reaction to the unknown because you're putting yourself at risk by them screwing up or doing something that isn't supposed to be done.
1: Okay, know this is like a really questionable thing for me to say, but I kind of like this game actually sounds This is the only paranormal game I've ever heard that I'm like, "Oh." Leia too, I guess. I maybe was like play guess this. what? I played the game and now I'm a cat. Leia, yeah. <laughs> that was me once. I lived a life. She's like, "Don't do it, Sabrina." Or she wants to go back. She's like, "Let's go together. She'll be my partner." Let's go. Aww. Okay, well, Sabrina,
2: this is interesting that you say this because when I was researching this, I was thinking that this was going to be, like, the spookiest game ever. And there were a couple instances where people did have, like, creepy, scary encounters after essentially playing this game. Like, one person said that when they got up in their room, they went over to close the curtains. This was after playing the game. So the Mm -hmm. game had already closed out. And they look across the street and the man, the hooded man from the cab, is just staring at them with this like huge evil grin. And then they close their eyes Ew. and they count to 10 and they're like, try- "Like, oh, I must be imagining things. And the thing is just truly, truly there. It just like stays oh. there and like stalks people outside. Okay, that's terrifying. Yes. But on the flip side, there's – well, this might still be scary. There were actually a few, a few instances of – where people had written about being in the cab for a while, like a couple hours of time passed, and someone else got in the cab and they broke the rules. I think I read two different versions of this online, but like these people broke the rules and spoke out to the person that was getting into the cab with them and and the person that got in, well, I keep saying person, but it's a being. The being that got in turned to them and both people were describing this as being like, the most beautiful, entrancing creature you've ever seen, like the deepest blue eyes, like just everything about it. And, like the and thing, they were both the describing, yes, absolutely. And they were both describing this feeling of like be feeling like pulled in and like lured in, but in a good way, almost like you just feel like you're, I was picturing avatar when they tether their tails together and it's like they are one like that is them falling in love like a magical moment right because it was described like sort of like that where it's like you just know you're falling deeply in love with this being that's speaking with you whoa and in both scenarios the being said something like why aren't you scared or why are you here or why don't you run something like that and then they engage in this conversation. It's, and it usually goes that the, the human from Earth that got into this cab starts to say like why they decided to play the game. Some people are in low spots when they decide to do this mm. and think, you know, maybe I'll just drop off into another dimension. And, and that's that I don't have to return to the life I had. And this being basically like talks to them. It's almost like therapy, like talks through different possibilities and solutions and tries to get to the root cause and it's like this really loving and wonderful experience in the moment and then the being eventually asks like do you want to stay here or (gasps) do you want to go do you want to go back and people say that they feel this urge to go with him to like stay but then also have this like renewed hope from speaking with him about returning to their life and kind of taking control over their lives. And so in both instances, obviously, if there have ever been ones where people have decided to stay, we don't have that we don't here know. because we don't know. But the people who have decided to come back said that the creature said something in a, a language unknown to us. Someone wrote it out. Let me let me find it. It was like a version of what it could potentially sound like. Oh, I old see, oi add chords is old. Verg, but something like that. They said it sounds like just like an old language, hmm. and would say something to the driver, so the hooded man, and then this like beautiful being basically instructed the driver to take the people home, and the people wake up. But in one of the stories, this is what's the part that seems kind of scary because you're like, wow, how beautiful this like interdimensional being is saving people and and giving them all of this hope and and helping them like. Basically, be like a spirit guide, almost. That's what it sounds like. Right. But this one person was saying how before she went back, he asked basically like, "Will you let me watch over you? Will will you let me have you?" Which have sounds you. very much like a like a demon, yeah, exchanging. Like, I want your soul. Like you're, you're selling the soul, and so she said yes, <clears throat> and she said that he like reached out. I might be butchering this, but like. She reached out or, or she felt at that moment like a, a ping, like a sharp pain in her rib cage. And then she woke up and she was in her room and she finished the game. But then over time, every single time she makes a decision, she'll sometimes feel that like sharp pain in her rib cage. And if she does, it won't stop until she makes the other decision. Like, so he – this creature is, like, steering oh. her life. So people are like, oh, my God, you sold your soul to the devil. That wasn't oh – my gosh. That wasn't just, like, this be- – which makes sense. That's why
1: it's, like, it's drawing you in. It's, like, yeah, so it's beautiful. You're just – Promising Overcome. All these beautiful things and making it sound wonderful all to lure you in. You just put your hood on. Are you getting in the mood for the hooded man? Oh, I didn't even think of it. I must have subconsciously. <laughs> I think I was just, like, kind of scared and hiding. But I – oh, I have become the hooded man. You have. Such a pretty hooded man you are. (laughs) Picture of my skeleton yellow hands.
2: (laughs) So I'm like, okay, this makes me think – part of me when I was first researching this was thinking like, oh, how cool. Like you're going to other worlds. It's it's interdimensional. Like how funky. But now this makes me think that you're actually just in the astral plane and – all of your surrounding is being manipulated, and it's mm. an opportunity for – like, the longer you're there, the longer you're in the astral plane, the more opportunity there is for, like, darker spirits or entities or demons to
1: essentially try to make deals with you, steal your soul, and untether you from your body. Okay, this is kind of what I was uh, – when I get into my story, I, r- I wrote about this a bunch, but, like – I'm not convinced. I'm not not convinced that all paranormal games are created by demons as a ploy to mm. get us silly humans trick us into opening portals for them to take our souls and manipulate our lives. I mean, it makes sense because think about the mood that you're in usually when
2: you're playing a game. Like the fact that it's called a game, you know. Yeah. It's it's not it's set up to be like, oh, we're just in a silly goofy mood. Like this isn't this isn't a big deal. Yeah, People aren't taking it seriously. People aren't, aren't really thinking about the repercussions of playing a game like this.
1: I mean, this is why ultimately I would never play these games. But okay, let's just play devil's advocate real quick. I thought you were going to say, let's play a game. <laughs> so let's just play a game. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. No. Ah! Could you imagine if I did that and something popped out of my mirror right in front of me? Oh my god. And you saw a hand reach over the camera like this. Ew.
2: I don't think we I don't think either of us would make it out. You'd be
1: real life murdered by Bloody Mary and I would just yeah. die from fright watching it. Die. What I was saying though is like, let's just say it is a real thing. You're going through different dimensions and this spirit or this person that you were just talking about, this like really beautiful kind guiding spirit. Isn't bad, but maybe it's like an alien, you know, or some species Mm -hmm. like you that you just allow to help you in your life. The concept of traveling through dimensions is really, really freaking cool. And yes, yes, you stay in the car the whole time, but like to see and visually see all that stuff is, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what I what a first what first attracted me to being abducted by aliens. I can't believe I said (laughs) that so seriously.
2: What first attracted you? What What was the second thing?
1: <laughs> I the aliens,
2: obviously.
1: The aliens. The actual beings. The beings. The sexy, hot aliens. <laughs> Is the, like, idea and ability to be outside of what we think exists? Because I feel like mm-hmm. we are a bit small-minded as a human population, and I just – I think it would be so cool to get the confirmation that there's more out there, that there's like other species who have more knowledge than us and can share this. I don't know. I've, I've gone down this alien TikTok dark hole where people who have been abducted and like are shown visuals. I think you sent me this one where they're like shown mm. images about the world and what's going to happen. I, it's just, I don't know. Maybe I want to be no. abducted again. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I think, I think you've come for full <laughs> circle and you're back to having that desire. No, but this is interesting because like if we think back to, some of the stories that have been passed down or the beliefs that have passed been passed down by certain cultures there were like these gods that people worshiped and yeah. of course you know we have our modern day versions of them but there there have like what if those those gods that they spoke about were actually aliens coming and chatting with everyone and it was just so well received f- at that time period of our world and now they can't do that because we're not in a mental place to handle that and so now they're doing abductions yeah. or they're waiting for people to do these paranormal games as like a vessel and a way for them to basically have people self-select,
1: <laughs> right? like
2: volunteer to have these experiences. There was actually in one of them, they were saying that this is a beautiful creature. I was wearing a crown. Oh. That, like, perfectly fit their head. So maybe it is some sort of like godlike alien creature. Interesting. The queen bee. I don't know. Or I guess. Or maybe king. it's just what what we want to see. What they want us to see. What they want us to see. And a little bit of what we want us to see. Because how cool. Sitting in the back of a taxi I know. A Hello. Yeah.
1: Wow. I can't believe. I mean, I'm not going to play this game. And I don't recommend to anyone else that they play this game. But I can't believe I'm leaving this portion of the story being like a little bit more tempted than I've ever been. Yeah.
2: I think that's part of why I. And I think that's part of why I I gravitated towards this one. Because I feel like it's so easy or in the past, we were, were like, Oh my God, this one's so terrifying. Why would anyone do this? But for this one, there is sort of like the, yeah. Well, what is really happening here? And I love that you be?
1: need to be polite. Like, like that you have to say thank you to your driver. Or maybe that's why the guy ended up following the person you were talking about and was like outside yeah. because they didn't say thank you. Manners matter.
2: Manners do. Be Especially polite. when something's coming from your, for your soul. You need to say yeah. thank you and, and leave.
1: And honestly, we don't understand the hooded man. He it might take a lot. I mean, hey, he being the driver between dimensions is clearly wearing on his bones. So it's not an easy task, and it's probably no, a thankless it's job. So, stressful. so we should be saying thank you. Yeah, and he just
2: never gets to retire. I mean, his like he's got a family to support. He we don't understand him. You don't know his story. We don't know his story, but I would love to. I would love because I, I want
1: that job. <laughs> I'm coming for your job, hooded man. <laughs> <laughs> From manners uh, to uh, going for him, you immediately get in, tap, tap, tap on the shoulder. Are you taking application? <laughs> How do I get a job here? <laughs> Who should I call? I just like have I bring a third black cord and I grot him while I'm while we're in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I would never I think I'm more afraid of you than this game at this point. <laughs> I mean, my hood is now back on. I'm embracing the role. Well, wow. well,
0: um <laughs>
1: Okay. I'm excited. So mine is kind of similar to yours-ish in the sense that it is all about jumping and slipping into other dimensions.
2: Ooh. Ooh. But (laughs) mine is
1: even weirder. Oh, go ahead. I was
2: just going to say, I feel like it's so weird how often you and I are in sync where we somehow choose very similar things or are like very, very –
1: a theme within a theme. Yeah. We we do end up doing that a lot, which – we've just it's been doing this for so long that we are in sync. Our vibrations are. Mm-hmm. One. We are one. We, we are one girl, one ghost now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, just as a disclaimer, because I feel like, why not? As we've said before and continue to say, we do not advise any of our listeners, their friends or their family or strangers they encounter to play this game. Anything and everything I am about to say is to tell you of a strange and spooky game that exists in the universe. So if you do play, you are playing at your own risk. So we are not liable for anything that you should encounter. But if you have played, please email us.
2: I feel like the amount that Leia's like just rumbling and mumbling and, and meowing in the background is reminding me. I know I brought up Halloween Town already like four times, but now we're going to move to Hocus Pocus where like Thackeray Binks is trying to give the warning. He's trying to meow, like, don't stop. Oh and that's Leia gosh. right now.
1: You know, I would love to see, to think that if she were looking <laughs> at me, I'd be more convinced. But she is looking at under the door, trying to escape this room and so that she can wreak havoc. Until I feed her towards the food. So we talk a lot on this podcast about the possibility of other dimensions of glitches where people slip in and out of timelines and other dimensions and how there are some people with this unique ability to jump from timeline to timeline or even astral project. And while we both think it's super, super cool and wish we could kind of tap into those abilities, they also do intimidate us. And also, I think it's clear that it requires a lot of work, like meditation and patience. And so this game is for those of you who are like, I want to access another dimension, but I really don't want to meditate or I don't really have the time to like have patience and like work on it on my own. So this game's for you. You don't have to do any of that work to do this game. It's just like, okay, I love it. Well you don't you maybe won't I love don't. the game, I promise. <laughs> I promise you won't. It's not. As I love nice this as yours.
2: aspect of the game, but right. I likely don't won't love the game.
1: All I will say is I think something I have learned in life and probably many people have learned in life. shortcuts don't always yield the best results. Mm, Truth. So this game is called the Three Kings Paranormal Ritual or like I said, not really ritual. Just the three kings game. Okay. So it seems to have originated online on a no sleep Reddit forum back in 2012. Ten years ago, a user under the name of Fable Forge posted on the subreddit No Sleep and introduced the game with this subject line. Please don't actually try this, which we say a lot. But of course <laughs> And we won't be trying. It, <laughs> yeah. So But of course, other We're people We're leading might. by example here. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read a a direct quote from the original posting that Fable Forge posted 10 years ago. Fable Forge wrote, This is not a creepypasta, or at least not yet. And I'm writing it from a train in the New York City area. What I'm about to share with you today is one of the many relative safe ways in which you can access, not quite enter, a place I call the shadow side, and its effectiveness depends on how seriously you take it. I won't tell you that you shouldn't be afraid of the shadow side. Chances are you've already seen it and merely thought it was just a recurring dream. I will tell you there is no need to be ignorantly afraid of it, though. There is a difference. Ignorance fuels fear, and fear can give a place a lot of juice to run on. You have to be big on preparation if you want to try this. It's like skydiving. If getting it right on your first try is not something you're good at, then this is not for you. If you do drugs or alcohol the night of the event, you're going to have a bad time. If you're going through some serious issues in your life and are not feeling mentally or spiritually stable, or if you're doing this just to escape, you are going to have a bad time. And if you don't follow my instructions particularly the multiple backups I'll give you, which, trust me, are there for a reason, you're going to have a really bad time. The name of this game is The Three Kings. So that's how Fable Forge introduced the
2: game. Wow. and they, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I both love the way it was introduced, but I I'm also horrified because there's already
1: like seven warnings at the top. Exactly. I mean, as with all paranormal games, I feel like. Right. Kind of like what you said, is like you just have to be so diligent in your preparation and your rule following while playing – or guess not playing. I hate using that word with these. But while right participating because –
2: Experiencing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So Fable Forge went on to post the ingredients, basically the supplies, rules – And then it really seemed to take off. Like, the No Sleep Reddit forum became obsessed with it. It took over, like, so many of the popular posts on No Sleep in 2012. Tons of people were playing and sharing their experiences. And so here we are 10 years later on a different platform sharing it once more and, again, sharing the same exact message up front. Please don't actually try this. Okay. According to Fable Forge, you actually need a lot of things to play The Three Kings. First, you need a very large, empty and quiet room, preferably without windows. So suggestions that I'm giving, which I shouldn't, basements, attics, you know, the already really creepy and terrifying places in your home. According to the rules, if you don't have either of those places, you can cover your windows to ensure total darkness. Second, oh, and I guess like, I guess I should say you'll learn as I continue to say this, but like your bedroom wouldn't work. Oh, okay. But like. Like a bathroom or a closet? You no, know, you need a, a much bigger space. So like if you okay. have a living okay. room or something, but just you need your bedroom for a separate part of this, so you can't use that. Got it. Can. Okay. Secondly – So and, anyone
2: in the studio apartment is automatically out.
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Probably for the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not sorry to all those folks. Yeah, exactly. Unless you want to sleep in your bathroom, maybe. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Secondly, you need – a pack of candles and you should only need one to play the game and fable forge put in like parentheses if all goes well and a lighter so there's just a lot of ominous stuff in here okay the third Mm -hmm. thing you need is a bucket of water and a mug number four you need a fan number five you need two large mirrors and this is important and fable forge wrote and this is like ominous again another one of those like little comments that you're like ah red flag Okay, so Fable Forge wrote, don't worry, they won't be harmed. Or if they are, it'd be the least of your concerns. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) I'm out. Yeah. So moving on. The sixth thing you need, or I guess there's multiple items, you need three chairs. And then number seven, you need an alarm clock. And eight, you need an active cell phone. And I think it needs to be fully charged. So this is an important part, too. And then number nine, and this is truly the most crucial thing, you need someone, another person, who is willing to follow the rules and go along with your questionable decision to play this game in the first place. Mm, And not screw it up. Right. So this, I actually like that this is baked into the what you need because hopefully then that one person is like, "Hey, don't do this," you know, (laughs) talks you out of it. Yeah. Right. Oh, because you can't play solo. You have to have another
3: willing participant in
1: order to safely get out of this game and come back to yourself. You need someone else. Got it. And. I will say the MVP of this entire situation is whoever that somebody else is. Okay. Okay. Man, that's a lot of pressure on that person. I know. Okay. And then lastly, number 10, you will need an item, a toy, or a token of yours from childhood. Something that was prized and precious to you. So the examples given were like a stuffed animal from childhood or like a photo from childhood. Something that reminds you deeply of your youth and your growing up. Okay.
2: I would never sacrifice Mr. Piggy like that.
1: Well, Mr. it's not a sacrifice. It's The item is supposed to help you.
2: Okay. Well, then I would bring Mr. Piggy because he's my protector.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's all the setup, right? Or that's all what you need. Okay. So now to the setup, which is pretty thorough. So this is one of those late night into the unholy hours types of games, which so many of the paranormal games we talk about are, and you need to plan to start setting up around 11 p.m. So- The beginning of setup is you place one chair in the center of the big, dark, empty room. And you can keep the lights on for the setup. That's just a note to help you because I feel like setting up in the dark would be very difficult. Okay, so the first chair needs to be facing north. That's also really important. And I don't know why, but... if you're going to play, I think just follow all the rules as they are written. Then you need to place the other two chairs exactly to the left and the right of the center first chair. So basically you have your first center chair facing north and then you have the other two chairs on the right or left respectively. And they should be about a length of your arm between the chairs. So You can kind of reach out to it, but you can't really touch it. The center chair is known as your throne. And then the other two chairs are your queen and fool. Once the chairs are in place, you take the two large mirrors that you have and place them on the two chairs, the queen and the fool chairs, facing the center chair. So basically, if you're sitting in the center chair, both mirrors should be reflecting your profiles. Mm. It is recommended that both mirrors stand at a 90-degree angle. And if you don't, it's apparently uh, leaving room to invite more than just the three kings. So basically set it up right. Yeah. You've done this correctly if when sitting in the center chair, you can see your profile reflections without turning your head. So basically you should be able to see your reflections through the corner of your eyes. Which all of this is already creeping me out so much. I mean, who wants to sit in the dark seeing their own reflection out of the corner of their eyes? Like, that alone is freaky, and I I creep myself out with that. Right. Okay, so that's set up. We've done all of that. Then you need to place the bucket of water and the mug in front of the center throne chair, just barely out of reach. And then you place the fan behind the center chair turning it on to medium or low power. And you need to keep the fan on. So the next, that's basically the setup. You have the fan on, the bucket, and the chairs and the mirrors set up. Mm -hmm. Then you turn all the lights off and leave the door to whichever room you're doing this in open. So if it's your basement, it's the attic, whatever it is, you make sure all the lights are off, the fan is going, and your door is open. This is important. And then you go to your bedroom. Once you're in your bedroom, you set the candles, the lighter, the alarm clock, and your cell phone, which should be charging, next to you, like on a bedside table, in reaching distance of you. And what time, Corinne, do you think that you need to set your alarm for? Three thirty-three a.m. 3.30 a.m. Yep. I was like sometime between 3 and 4. 3.30. <laughs> Exactly. You have to do 3.30 exactly. Once you've set your alarm and you're sure everything is set up, turn your bedroom lights off, climb into bed, and clutch and cuddle the childhood token that you chose while you sleep. You're supposed to hold on to it this whole time. Okay. How anyone could sleep in the midst of welcoming the paranormal into their home, I do not know. Because I know. Okay, this is the thing Why about this game. Why do all of these ones say like, go to bed, go to sleep? I it's don't like, know. how? I don't know. Well, this is the thing about this game is like, even if the game ends up, like, not working, you've literally put two mirrors facing one another in a dark space of your house. You Typically, like, a basement or an attic, which are already the, like, mm-hmm. most terrifying places. So, like, even if the game doesn't end up happening or working, you've just created a terrifying, terrible portal. Right. Uh, like, you're asking no. for way more than just something related to the Three Kings game to enter your space and ruin your life. Right.
2: Yeah, how can you stay calm and go to sleep when that's no going to happen around you?
1: No idea. Anyway, if you're able to, you sleep until your alarm goes off at 3.30 a.m. You're allowed to shut off the alarm, but do not turn on the lights. You have three minutes to light your candle, sit your tired, ballsy-ass bum in your throne. Your tuchus. Your us. You're took us into the throne and you have to do all this by three thirty-three a.m so mm. by 3 33 a.m you m- must be sitting in your throne holding a lit candle and your childhood toy memento whatever it is in your hand and then at this point fable forge goes on to note some red flags here so this is important for anyone to be aware of and take heed of whilst playing the game so if any of these things occur you must abort the game depart your home taking all your loved ones with you and run for the hills. Just kidding. You could check into a hotel, uh, and then apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently by like six forty a.m., uh, you it should be safe to go back into your house. <laughs> but here are all the red flags: if your cell phone didn't charge or is dead when you wake up, abort the mission. If your alarm for some reason didn't go off at exactly 3.30am, get out of there. If you find the door to the dark room closed after you purposefully left it open, skedaddle. If the fan you previously left on is somehow mysteriously now off, off you go to a hotel. Abort the scary, terrifying game. But if none of that happens, and all is good and well, then... Continue. Okay. See, this is what's tough is there's so many steps and there's so many items involved in this. Yeah. So there's
2: so many opportunities for something to go wrong. hmm So you're supposed to not only remember how to set everything up, but be so alert and detail-oriented that you notice if something's, like, yeah. slightly askew.
1: Yeah. I guess the fan being off is a big enough red flag – True. Like, I think, like... I don't know if I'd be able to focus on anything
2: except for the two mirrors, though, quite, Well, quite honestly.
1: So this is a big th- part of the game is you have the the lit candle in your hand that you have to, like, be making sure the mm. fire the, doesn't go out. And the fan is behind you. So you're kind of very cautiously being careful that the flame doesn't go out and to block your... Oh, bu- like. uh, okay. So I think you yep. would know if the fan's off. Got it. Okay. So if there are no red flags, then you can continue with the game. Take a cozy seat in your throne... But be sure not to look into either mirror and be very careful not to let the candle blow out. So those are two massive things that you need to know for the entirety for the rest of this game. Never okay. turn and look in either of the mirrors and never let your candle out. Oh, that's blow so out. hard. I know. It's like when your intrusive thought comes in and you're like, what if I just glance?" Mm-hmm. And also you have to be sitting there by 3.33 a.m. If you're late – Abort. Mm. Okay, so reminder do not look at the candles, do not look at the mirrors. If you do all of this and stare ahead into the darkness, you will start to notice movement in your peripherals, as if your reflection is no longer yours because it's not. So, again, staring completely straight ahead into the darkness, only using your peripheral vision to see what's happening in the mirrors. Mm-hmm. If played correctly, these mirrors will give you a glimpse into other dimensions where you can ask questions and possibly get answers. But remember how I said that there's the seat for the fool and the queen? The tricky Mm -hmm. part of this game is that one of the versions of you in the mirrors is the fool, and the other is the queen, but you don't know which is which. And it's also, like, interesting because it's believed that since these are alternate versions of you in, like, alternate dimensions, that technically the fool and the queen – are other yous and other dimensions and they're playing the game as well so for them they also don't know if you're the fool or the queen for them it's a very like um, mind-boggling situation right this is super like inception yes so you can ask them questions and i guess the whole point of this game is to like ask questions of these different dimension versions of you but since they're trying to figure out you that they will often answer your questions with another question Oh, and so anyway, you can you stay here if you start if you get to this point in the game, you must stay here, communicating with the fool and the queen, still not looking at the mirrors, remaining focused ahead until four thirty four a.m. So an hour and a minute after you began, no okay. shorter, and I think you're supposed to end your session exactly at four. Wait, so you start at three, you start at three thirty, but you end at four. Thirty-four. Yes, but you're in the seat at 3.33 a.m., so it's like one hour and one minute from of sitting oh, in okay. that seat. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. At 4.34, you must then be recovered from your session, which is where your trusty friend who didn't sleep so that you could play some scary game in the basement by yourself comes in. At 4.34 – Unless they fall asleep. <laughs> uh, could you imagine – Yeah, they would have to set an alarm for themselves. Yeah, you would be screwed if they fell asleep. Okay. Yeah. So at 434, their role is to call your name from the outside of the room that you chose. So they have to be standing outside of the door and call your name. But this is where it gets tricky. Because you're technically accessing alternate dimensions, you may not hear anything. And your reality may be like warped. So your friend might be calling your name, but you may not hear them. And if and then this is where like all basically your life is in the hands of this person. So you better trust this friend or whoever you choose, because your friend has to like then decide, like if you're not responding to them calling your name, they then have to try calling your cell phone. And again, same situation. You're you may not hear your cell phone ring. So, if that doesn't work, then they must come down into the basement, but it is important that they do not touch you until you have mm-hmm. safely okay. closed out of the game. Okay, so they come down, and this is when they have to use the mug to scoop water from that bucket of water that you set up, and they toss the water in your face, which honestly, after staying up all night for you, they will probably enjoy and take pleasure in. At least I would <laughs> if I were if I were that person. If that doesn't work and you're fearful and unable to exit this alternate dimension, you clutch your toy or childhood object to trawl you back to your current life. So this is where Mr. Piggy would come in because Mr. Piggy reminds you of like what your life is and, and it brings you back to the current mm-hmm. place, which is scary that that's like the last resort. But if you need it, it's there. And then when you snap out of it successfully, you blow out the candle and exit the basement and you must blow out the candle in order to signify the end of the game. So that's like closing it out, I guess. And then exit the basement with your good old pal and buy them breakfast and pay for a massage because that's the only kind of payment they will need and want. (laughs) That is not a part of the rules, but I did add that because I put myself into (laughs) that position. Okay, so yeah, that's the game. And let's just say if you don't find all of those rules really intimidating – I just have to ask, why play this game? Because it's very, very vague. Like, these alternate dimension versions of you are answering, and since one of is a fool and one is a queen and you don't know which is a witch, then how do you know or trust that anything they're telling you is even anything worth knowing or believing? Right. Yeah, that's a really good point.
2: Truly, what is the point of the right. of experiencing this game? Like, what are you what
1: are you trying to get out of this? Well, this is where I wrote about, like, the demon thing that we were talking about during your story, because... Like these rules are so vague that if I didn't know any better, I'd be like, "Oh, a demon possessed someone, had them write this online whilst under their control in order to convince an entire population of people to basically set up portals in their dark basements and give them access to our beautiful, precious souls."
2: Yes, and exactly, like the the fact that it's during the time of night where the veil is thinnest it's like exactly how many how many demons
1: can they pump through that portal while you're passed out and if demons had tiktok i'd imagine like them making a video with like their long dark dirty clackety nails like laughing as they to- typed this in the possessed body that they were possessing hee 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 like cackling as they did it like dumb humans dumb humans <laughs> and
2: honestly on tiktok they've all they've got those those makeup filters and everything, like they might not even need to possess anyone. They could just film themselves <laughs> with the filter <laughs> <That's> on. It's true.
1: <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. Okay. The so- little D- Disney eyes. Hi, gang. Hi.
1: We're all here to have a good time. Oh my Play gosh. my game. Maybe that's what people think about us when I TikTok about these games. <laughs> <laughs> it's a demon. Put my hood back up. <sighs> Hooded figure here. Okay. So I digress. Well, I would never play this game. There are so many people that have. And like I said, this no sleep post took the Reddit forum by storm. And so I just pulled like a couple short portions of people's experiences mm-hmm. that people played. And, and but I am telling you, there are so many, like hundreds of posts on Reddit of people who tried and played <gasps> the Three Kings. So oh. but of course, like full disclosure, it's Reddit. So like you can't really believe everything you read. On right. there, Or yes. I guess online in general. But if you want to read more and, like, get terrified even more, then please go ahead. Okay. So this first one that I'm going to read a portion of is submitted by Renegade2366 and was submitted 10 years ago in 2012. So kind of right when it, you yes. know, took uh, the world by storm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read it in the firsthand account as it was written. They wrote, I sat there trying not to get freaked out by the feeling of openness when I started seeing movement in the mirrors on both sides of me. Oh, and I guess I, sh- I should say, like, as a disclaimer, they said that, like, as they were sitting there, it felt like the room had no walls and the room kind of, like, began to feel like an empty black void. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, there was movement in the mirrors even when I didn't move, and when I shielded my eyes from the candle trying to eliminate the glow under my face, the shadows or reflections still moved. At this point, I began to get really nervous and focused really hard trying to make sense of the things I was seeing in my peripheral and fighting the urge to just look. I was trying so hard to see without looking that I didn't notice at first when I started hearing the murmuring. It didn't sound like whispering, it sounded more like listening to a conversation through my pillow, and I don't know how long I heard it before I realized it was not just in my head. At first I thought I was imagining it, and I leaned forward, trying to hear better, but the fan sounded like a hurricane, and I felt like I couldn't hear over it. I kept seeing movement in the glass as I was leaning forward, and I resisted the urge to look. I asked if I was alone, and the murmuring went silent. I waited several minutes in silence on the edge of my seat. I don't think I breathed. I resisted the urge to bolt up the stairs like a little kid. Who am I talking to, I asked. Someone who knows. Came from my left. Yourself. Came from my right. Both answers were clear as a bell. I seriously got the creeps and considered putting the candle out, but instead, I asked someone who knows what. I heard some more murmuring coming from both sides both talking over each other, and I couldn't make anything out that was said except for why you're here. The movement in the glass seemed to increase on both sides. It seemed to be not just moving in, but coming out of the glass toward me on my left, and I leaned away a little and almost tipped my chair over. I started hearing things around me in the room, breathing, ticking, a knock here and there, and while I was listening to it go on all around me and feeling surrounded, They bickered with each other. Sometimes I wasn't even sure what about except that they were talking about me and the one on my left knew things I had never told anyone. One example of this was a few years ago, my best friend of over a decade died by suicide and somehow they knew and taunted me with that information. The person on the left said, you never cared about anyone but yourself. I said, that's not true. Left, yes it is, but that's okay. Come on over here and see him now. Later on the left, They said, you're going to hell and you're going to burn. At a certain point, I felt like something was right behind me and I felt like the conversation was getting further away from me. All of a sudden, I realized that the hum of the fan was gone. I don't remember when it went off. I didn't even notice except that by that time, I did realize it was getting hot and stuffy. When I noticed the fan was off, I panicked and jumped out of my seat and dropped the candle, at which point it went out. Red flag! Red flag! red flag i grabbed the candle and tried to relight it again because i figured it was like bad juju for the candle to go out and i only had a few seconds to light it but i couldn't relight it i bolted for the light switch and cut it on and left the room my girlfriend was sitting outside the door waiting for me and asked me what happened and said she had checked on me a couple of times knocking on the door and calling down to me and heard i'm fine Aside from that, she never heard anything from inside the room, and I'm not sure exactly what happened in there. They ended the post saying that they planned on doing this game again, and that this time they were going to look into the mirror and see what was happening, which is just like what? a big no-no. It's like the one rule you're not the supposed The candle to- already went out. What more do you want? I know. I mean, I. this is why I like your game better is because you're while you can't get out of the car, you can at least see what's going on around you where this is like, right. you have no idea and you're not allowed to look because if you do, something <gasps> bad will happen.
2: Uh, so I, I feel like I'd be absolutely traumatized from ever yeah. playing this game. I couldn't. I wouldn't.
1: No. And then there were a few other posts of people who, while playing the game, like one of the voices was like, do you wish to join me? come to my side like trying to beckon them into their mirror like trying to convince them to look or to come into their dimension which is just scary kind of like the gorgeous passenger that steps into the car in your story like it doesn't necessarily seem bad at first but then the luring you in is scary and dangerous and i don't know wait
2: this is reminding me of something and i can't remember if it's a listener story that we had read or if this happened in one of the previous Paranormal Game episodes from someone that we had repeated their encounter, but I'm having this strong memory of someone being like in a room and their mom trying to to like help them or like get to them, but being told like, oh no, I'm fine. Even though they were experiencing like, I don't know if it was sleep paralysis or if it was like a game or something. But this is reminding me of that where like the friend came to check on her and she and and heard, I'm fine.
1: I don't know if I why, – why don't I remember this? I blocked it out of my mind.
2: I don't know, but – I don't know. Anyway, that is – Unless this was like a dark dream I had, which was just a <laughs> premonition of what you were about to tell me.
1: Maybe you've played it in an alternate dimension. Anyway, that Maybe that's how I got here. Maybe. Oh, my gosh. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I'm new. Anyway, <laughs> that is the Three Kings paranormal game. And like we say with so many of these things – It's just safer not to play. I feel like there's so much unknown about this and, like, Ouija boards and other paranormal games that you are, while it sounds intriguing or interesting, you're also just opening yourself up to so much. And that could be negative or it could be positive, but, like, why take the chance? That's my opinion. I agree. And I also think,
2: if not to encourage anyone to play a game – But if you have this overwhelming desire to play one and you're like, I'm not going to listen, Corinne and Sprinna, I am going to play a game. Perhaps you could choose one that doesn't have so many (laughs) steps and doesn't have so many negative consequences. Like choose the ones that the kindergartners are playing. Yeah.
1: Well, even those are scary, like light as a feather.
2: They are scary, but at least it's not like Here's 31 steps to memorize, and if you don't, you're going to be sucked into a void and eaten by a demon.
1: True. That we know of. True. (laughs) True. That's true. That we know of. (sighs) That we know of.
2: Okay, I'm so excited to read you this. (laughs) This is from Elena. It says, Spooky babes, I'm in the middle of listening to your Come Play With Us episode, and I had to pause and write this to you to tell you what just happened to me. So like I said, I'm listening to this episode through a Bluetooth speaker in my kitchen while cooking pasta. Right after Sabrina says, grab your flashlights because this is a journey you have to go on alone, the podcast cuts off because I'm receiving a phone call. Now, the caller ID reads potential spam, which I never answer, but for some reason I pick up the phone call. I said, hello? And instead of a person or a robot telling me I want to cruise or whatever, it's Sabrina continuing the story (gasps) from the podcast. I don't know if I'm explaining correctly how terrifying this was. My phone wasn't on speaker, so the voice wasn't coming through my speakers or even any headphones, but it was the podcast coming from the part of the phone that you put your ear to for a phone call. No, I got full chills and I started sweating just listening to Sabrina continue to talk about the 11-mile game for probably 30 to 45 seconds, and then the phone hung up. Now, Stop. I don't know a whole bunch about technology, but I cannot fathom how this could happen. I'm baffled and I am afraid. <laughs> not not sure if I'm going to be able to finish this episode, to be honest. As much as I love you two and the podcast, I don't appreciate unsolicited ghost phone calls that <laughs> leave me confused and terrified. Stay spooky. Don't call me, <laughs> Elena.
1: <laughs> Elena, I am so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that creepy? That is so Creepy. It'd be one thing for it to just disconnect from Bluetooth yeah. and
2: start going through through this, the phone, but for it for it to be a live phone call. This is like unknown. That says potential column. spam or yes potential spam to pick it up and then it's you talking oh my it's like the phone God. call's happening it hasn't even disconnected yet I like have that no, is the phone call
1: i can't even like fathom what it could be and how this could happen the only thing i'm thinking is like alternate dimensions but then it's like the timing of it like or someone messing with elena and, and knowing that she was listening and using i don't but like the timing of it is so specific Right and well, Ugh. and even then, like just for it
2: to come through the phone and to come through a phone call, just it it's it makes
1: no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense, and it is absolutely horrifying. If that happened to me, I would drop dead. I would drop. I would. Can you over. imagine
2: picking up the phone because you're getting some like an un, unmarked call, and you're like, "Huh, what is this?" And you answer, and it's it's like your voice talking to yourself from the podcast. I would freak. out. I would out. poop myself. <laughs> I just hope that this is – I mean, this sounds horrifying, but I I hope to put a positive spin on an otherwise terrifying encounter that this is just our ghost that's just like, you know, I'm going to play a prank on someone and it's just – it happened to be Elena in that moment. Oh,
1: I don't like it, Sven. Don't play that prank on people. Sven. But, okay, okay. I'm curious if Elena – I mean, I don't know why Elena would still have this, but – because, you know, it will say potential spam, and then when it hangs up, you can go to your, like, recent – your caller – your your call log, and you can mm-hmm. look at what the number actually was. Like, I'm curious what the number was. Because it wasn't unknown caller. It was potential spam.
2: Oh. Oh, interesting. Here, when did, when did Elena send this to her? Oh. 2020 chart 20 yeah september of 2020 so there's probably zero chance she still has that phone oh number in her call log
1: i just dang nabbit okay call your phone provider and ask for that date phone log call log because they will have it fbi if you're listening to me i'm now talking in my own phone
2: <laughs> fbi agent please alien elena's
1: phone alien it's your daughter calling help me <laughs> it's your adoption daughter It's your daughter.
3: I mean, honestly, that's probably not yet.
2: (laughs) Now we're just opening ourselves up to more. But really, we just want to (laughs) know we just want answers because this is this is creepy regardless. But it's but it also
1: involves us. It involves Sabrina. And the timing. It's like it would be one thing. I mean, it would be creepy still, but like it'd be one thing if Alina was listening to a different episode of the podcast and then she got a call and it was like a different Part of a different story, but it was continuing. Right, where you know what I just had a thought. Left off.
2: What if it is you in the future trying to make contact with our listeners? Like I'm thinking about (gasps) Interstellar in the movie when he pushes the book on the bookshelf, and it happens for him at a certain period of time, but in reality, for his daughter, it was like 40 years in the future or whatever. So it's like those little time steps. Like, what if this was you contacting Elena to fulfill in your future but our present time? A time glitch.
1: A little wrinkle in time. Okay, well, other dimensions, Sabrina, that's creepy. Don't be so weird. (laughs) Chill. (laughs) Chill. Chill. Oh my gosh. I wow, I'm unwell. Okay.
2: I mean you don't even have to be playing a game. You just have to be listening, (laughs) listening to
1: this to be haunted to be haunted okay i of course found a ouija board story because why not why this is from bring it back to the og fear yeah exactly this is from our listener emily and it's called how we got ouija boards banned from our middle school (laughs) hi ghostly ladies in middle school and high school my friends and i were obsessed with ouija boards And we had absolutely no knowledge of just how dangerous they can be. We never took precautions like protections beforehand and almost never closed the board at the end. It was not until way later in my life that I realized how bad this was. But we started using the Ouija board at sleepovers and asked questions like, what boys have a crush on us or who will be famous when we grow up? And we loved getting responses that were mildly spooky or responses that actually related to our lives. So pretty soon we were addicted. We were so addicted that we started to bring a Ouija board to play at the lunch table in middle school. Oh, oh no. (laughs) Which was not a great idea on our part because when we got responses, someone would scream or giggle, middle school girls being dramatic. And it soon (laughs) caught the attention of other students and teachers. The next day on announcements, our principal specifically said game boards, such as Ouija boards, are not allowed in school anymore. But getting Ouija boards banned from our school did not stop us from continuing to use it as we went into high school. But this time we just used it in the comfort of our own homes. I think the turning point was when we started hand-making them. Yes, you heard that right. If we didn't have a manufactured board available, we would make them out of whatever was available to us. Paper, cardboard, using bottle caps as a planchette. Oh, we were so young and dumb. A lot of these Ouija board sessions happened at my house, so very soon after, I started to notice weird things happening. The first time I noticed anything was when I was home alone after school. I had walked into the house and went to turn on the TV. I came back into the kitchen, and one of the chairs at the kitchen table was balancing on one leg, tilted, and leaning slightly against the table. That chair was not like that when I walked by it the first time. And after I put it back down on all four legs, I could not figure out how it was balancing on one just moments before. A couple of days later, I had come home from school again. I walk in through the door connected to the garage, which is a heavy door and closes hard. I walk upstairs to my room... And after a few moments, I hear a loud crash from downstairs. I am the only one home, so I go to check out what the noise was, and I walk into the kitchen to see a large frying pan that had been in the drying rack before was on the floor across the kitchen. On my way to pick up the pan... I see that the door to the garage is wide open and I am immediately spooked since I was the only one home and I remember closing the door behind me when I first walked in. Weird things like this happened, but there are two particular instances that scared me the most. The first one happened during a weekend. My parents were home, but it was late, so I was the only one awake. It was probably around midnight. I was watching TV and decided it was time for bed. I turn off the TV and start walking up the stairs to go to my room. Then, as I am halfway up the stairs i hear the audio of the show i was just watching but it is blasting it was so loud and it was so late i was afraid i would wake my parents up so i run back downstairs only to see that the tv is actually off only the audio is playing again so loud i'm scrambling with remotes trying to turn it off the volume was not going down but somehow i was able to turn it off still rattled i quickly made it upstairs to my room But before I walk in my door, I noticed something in the attic door on the ceiling right outside my room. A faint light illuminated the outline of the attic door. That was so odd because no one goes up there, and certainly not at midnight. So, because I was not in the mood to deal with anything else paranormal, I pretended like I didn't see it, walked into my room, locked the door, and proceeded not to get any sleep that night. (laughs) The last incident didn't happen to me, but to my brother. At this point, I was a sophomore in high school— and my brother was a freshman in college visiting home for the weekend. My parents and I had gone out to dinner, and we returned home around 9 p.m. When we got home, my brother was sitting on the couch visibly flustered and holding a knife under a pillow on his lap. He told me he had gotten home from hanging out with a couple of friends A few hours before us, and while he was watching TV downstairs, he started hearing a couple of doors upstairs slam closed. It was close to summer, and sometimes we keep the windows upstairs open for a breeze, so it's not uncommon for the breeze to close the doors. However... When my brother went to go check upstairs, there were no windows open in any of the rooms. Just in case, he closed all the doors before heading back downstairs so he wouldn't have to deal with it again. Not long after he started watching TV downstairs, did he hear the doors slam again multiple times. He had just closed all of the doors upstairs, so there was no way that they could have been opened again unless someone or something opened them. Oh, At this that point, would have
2: rattled me so much. <laughs>
1: I mean, he was sitting there with a knife.
2: I know. As he should.
1: Yeah. At this point, his next idea was to grab a knife and sit on the couch until we got home, which was not too long after. He is also the type of person to debunk something like this. So the fact that he was frightened made it that much spookier. After I moved out for college, nothing else happened until I started listening to your podcast. Now I see things out of the corner of my eye and hear random knocking every once in a while. But nothing else too crazy. Thanks for reading. If you get to it, love your podcast, and remember, never make your own Ouija boards. Emily, oh,
2: see, I'll take some ownership in saying that yes, our podcast does seem to bring hauntings to people's homes and lives. But Emily, I think you, <laughs> I think you're probably responsible for ninety five percent of what you're experiencing. Yes, I, I mean. mean <laughs> Honestly, it's amazing that more didn't happen That's given what that I they was were say. Ouija boarding
1: every day. <laughs> and making your own and just, like, not closing out and just, yeah, kind of not following any kind of rule or protection while playing.
2: Wow. I wonder how big the girl group was that was just cranking out Ouija board sessions in middle school.
1: Also, like, I just I just imagine a bunch of other people, like, looking at them playing the Ouija board at lunch being like, oh, my gosh, they're witches they're witches.
2: Or maybe people thought like no big deal. It was like playing Uno. Everyone was just <laughs> Ouija boarding in this one cafeteria. And oh my gosh. Principal was like, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, obviously something was let in. Yeah. Something is I When you were talking about or when you were reading the part where Emily was saying that there was this faint light coming from the attic door, I was just picturing a ghost like it's the glow of the ghost but the ghost just like laying on top of the door (gasps) like peeking through the cracks at her but all she could see was the the glow of the if it's bright though
1: that makes me feel better than like a dark like a darker than dark like if the light Mm. had been on and then all of a sudden like a dark thing covered it
2: yeah yeah i guess that's better or or remember when we had that green room episode where like there were, like, three stories about seeing eyeballs, and we were like, oh, why are there so many eyeballs? Why are eyeballs so creepy? Eyeballs Somehow like, they're terrifying. Deep.
1: Like, when yes. those are the only things that you can see, and they look menacing, it's creepy.
2: And they're the things you can scoop and pluck out. Ew.
1: They're gross. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I hope you don't do that on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm just a the I hooded mean, man t- over here, and you're scooping people's eyeballs out. Scooping –
2: well, I mean, I, Emily's brother, I was thinking about, you know, his self-defense. What would he have to do if, if it really was an intruder and they were coming after him? A little bit of knife jabbing
1: and a little bit of eyeball little, scoops. Oh, scoops, always scoops. about the eyeball scoops if you're protecting yep. yourself. Did I ever tell exactly. you when I went to Joshua Tree for a bachelorette and truly went like end of day's protection at, like and slept with the knife sharpener so I couldn't hurt myself, but it would be a great thing to poke someone's eye out with? I think I must Wait, have a knife. A knife, sh- oh, 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 like the, the big long, long, yeah, yes, that come in in the knife blocks, yeah. yes. So I was like, that feels like the best option where I don't hurt myself, but it could hurt someone else.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a big hard metal stick, so yeah, definitely. There are definitely, yeah, I've definitely had moments where I've I've had you know a whole arsenal of weapons beneath my pillow. Yeah, sometimes you just got to feel the vibes and you got to listen to your intuition. And I'm sure Emily wishes that she. And her friends in middle school had a little bit of that
1: (laughs) before (laughs) going into Ouija words. I am really glad that nothing worse happened because we've heard stories where it goes way worse. They must have like just like had good intentions in them in themselves. That was their protection, I Mm. guess.
2: It's the power of friendship. That is what protected them. Cute. wow well, well we do think everyone here is cute we and do terrifying with all your spooky stories yes. that we love reading please email them to us at two girls one ghost
1: podcast at gmail.com if you've played these paranormal games or any others please let us know but also we don't recommend playing them yes it's if you've played them in the past
2: If you – don't play them moving forward from the time you listen to this
1: on. There are so many ways to support our show. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can follow us on social media. You can tell your friends all about us. Join our pyramid scheme. You can buy merch. You can join our Patreon.
2: And we are saying thank you to our
1: overactive sagers from the
2: month of February. Thank you, Kaylee, James, Sally, Annie, and Aaron. Jerry, Laura, Ellie, Landorf, Bailey, Ann, Dalen, Danielle, Maggie, Belinda, Anne Louise, Heather, Ashley, Megan, Alexis, Tony, Dorothy, Roxy, Christy, Peter, Amber, Red Rose Inn, Kirsten, Amanda, Reggie, Caitlin, Jaws, KS, Battello, Ruby, Sue, Danielle, Leanne, Cat, Sam, Catholic or Protestant, Sarah and Adam, Tom, Alyssa, Marie, Alyssa, and Megan. Thank you so much. We are so appreciative. We say it every time, but it seriously, seriously means so much to us. Thank you.
1: And thank you so much to Aiden Manning and the entire team at Upfire Digital. We are so grateful for you editing this episode and editing out Leah's rants that she went on today. Yes. Thank you
2: for your hard work because <laughs> we make it harder. We
1: make it very hard for you. <laughs> we make it very hard. And we will see you on,
2: on the, the- other side. Very spooky.